Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. Welcome to another edition of the Patriot Nation podcast. Of course, presented by FanDuel. Go to fanduel.com slash Boston to sign up today. Uh, as you can hear, we got a little funeral march going on. The Patriot season is over. And what an ugly, ugly season it was. My God, just just an absolutely terrible, terrible year, uh, kind of all around. And it ends in a 17-3 loss against the Jets at home. Golly, what a, what a depressing, what a depressing season. Yeah, this uh, this year did not go the way we thought it was going to go, Pat. <laughs> no, it definitely didn't. It definitely didn't. So, um, but yeah, the, listen, as as bad as it was, and look, it sucks. Of course, the Patriots had a 15 game streak against the against the uh, Jets. They lose that 15 game streak. Um, but as Ashton says, thank God the season's over. Uh, it just you know, and old man Mom points it out. At least Patriots get the number three pick, so they get the third. They get the third overall pick. Um, you know, it looks like the way things ended up, and I might be wrong about this, but the way things ended up, I believe the Patriots would have ended up at the five had they won, uh, as opposed to okay. as opposed to the, the four. four. So, okay. um, it might have been well, oh, depends, no, maybe not because maybe they needed to the Giants I won. I guess it doesn't. The I guess Giants doesn't won, matter. so I'm not sure, but it doesn't matter now. Yeah, uh, no, it doesn't. So, do you, do you want to feel old, Pat? Oh, I yeah, sure. I already feel old, but yes, continue. the The last time the Patriots lost to the Jets, I was in high school. The last time that they lost to the Jets at home, I was in middle school. And the last time they lost to the Jets at home in a regular season game, I was in fifth grade. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, it's been a long time for the Patriots, and and of course. What's funny about it, and I talked to uh, I talked to my buddy Boy Green, um, who I had, we had talked about on the show before. I was on his show uh, Saturday morning, and you know he had kind of said alluded to the fact that you know beating the Patriots, of course, is great for the Jets, but at the same time, it's like you beat the Patriots and you give them a better pick, right? And so it is kind of funny that now it's only one pick. Uh, I did check Tankathon by the way. The strength of schedule is lower, um, and so therefore they would have stayed at four um, had they won. So not a big drop from from four to three, but still, I still think if you look at this draft class and you think the top three are that much better than everyone else, the top three being Drake May, Caleb Williams, and Marvin Harrison Jr. If you think the top three are that much better than everyone else, then three is an important place to be, right? And if you love Caleb Williams and you want to go from three to one, it's easier to go from three to one than it is to go from four to one. Now that doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but it's easier because you're one pick close. And I think you're in a spot right now where everything is on the table. Because, um, yeah. I mean, we don't know what the two teams ahead of New England are doing. It's going to be Chicago at one, Washington at two. Presumably, Washington is taking a quarterback. You would think. If I were GM of the Bears, I would also be taking a quarterback. I don't think that's a guarantee, though. Uh, so I think a trade up to one to jump Washington is 
absolutely on the table. I think whatever quarterback you like, sliding to three is on the table. Weird things mm-hmm. happen. Uh, mm-hmm. Although, uh, I will I will note, Jaden Daniels, I don't think, was in the piece. But there's an ESPN Plus piece with uh, the, the name of the, the guys escaping me right now, talking about J.J. McCarthy and Michael Penix. Yep. And he said that J.J. McCarthy is a consensus late first rounder right now, and Penix is everything from first rounder to third rounder with yeah. the scouts he's hearing. We'll see. I don't know where Jaden Daniels is going to go, but conceivably you can get the guy you like at three. And I think there's a world where you trade down. I think there's a world where you stand put at three and just take the best non-quarterback available, presumably Marvin Harrison Jr., though I think um, you can debate positional value there if you want, if you want to tackle. But, right. you know, the world the world is your oyster. Even if it's, yeah. if it's quarterbacks at one and two, the draft starts at three, and the New England yeah. Patriots are going to be the focus of this offseason. Both for the draft and because of the Bill Belichick situation, that's the whole thing is going to revolve around us. Oh yeah, well that's and that's really you know you think about what the media is going to be like tomorrow and and the headlines and so on and so forth and that that's kind of fascinating to me. I I do think again, yeah. Do you, do you go Joe Alt? Do you go Olufashanu? Do you go you know who do you take at three? Right, I love Caleb Williams. To me, there's a drop up between Caleb Williams and even Drake May. Now, I know a lot of people disagree with that, and people love Drake May. Um, I'm not as high on him, and again, that's just honestly, it's it's uniform for me, uh, and it's some of the plays I've seen him make. I'm like, oh, I don't. But he's got some great plays too. So I I don't know. It, it's hard to know. It's hard to evaluate. Um, but as I said, to me, Caleb Williams is is kind of in a in a tier of his own. And so if he's going to go number one, then he's going to go number one. Now, could someone fall in love with Jaden Daniels? It's certainly possible. It's certainly possible someone falls in love with Jaden Daniels and he ends up at, at one or two, what? right? I don't I don't think yeah. that that's so realistic, but it, it's not it's not it's not crazy to think. I don't think. Well, and it's it's an interesting situation because at this point last year, the top two quarterbacks were C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, and we went through a whole offseason of will levis going in the top two and of anthony richardson sneaking into the top two and all this stuff that ends up just being the same guys one and two right then go back to 2021 and you're at this point it's trevor lawrence and justin fields and then fields ends up being the fourth quarterback off the board because zach wilson goes up and trey lance goes up and that's you know that's one of the things about the draft that makes it um interesting here with the quarterback market with other positions. Now, if you're taking a receiver, it's kind of, all right, we'll just take our receiver. And as long as he's somewhat scheme fit and fits what we like in a quarter a receiver, we're good. Right. Quarterback, it's a lot more about the individual player. Uh, so just because a big board says something doesn't mean that the team who's picking it too agrees with that big board. They're going to have yeah. their own board. And if there's a personality quirk or a testing thing, or something they want in a quarterback that you know they, they see things differently than others, then that can shift the entire draft and not just the the yeah. fortune of their franchise, sure. but the ones around them. So I think there's going to be a lot of focus on you know, what goes on with Washington in particular and what they want in a quarterback because it feels like that Bears pick. It's probably either Marvin Harrison Jr. or Caleb Williams. I don't think we've heard a lot of Drake May talk there at all, oh. and. 
So for Washington, it's going to be, do they want May or do they go off script here and go for a guy like Jaden Daniels? Is that something they're going to want there? And, you know, right. it's new ownership there and probably going to be a pretty much fully new regime. It sounds like so, which the other part of this is Florio was saying before the Sunday night game that apparently Josh Harris is in love with Bill Belichick and wants to get him to Washington, which is another complicating factor in this whole thing. And it's that's it, it's fascinating to think about, right? The other part of it that's interesting is that you see Adam Schefter come out and say it's unlikely that Bill Belichick's going to Washington, and you know that the Chargers and someone else is basically all but off the table. So, you know, there are obviously conflicting reports. Nobody really knows what's going to happen. I do think it's to me it's fascinating because Bill gets to choose where he wants to go. Now, there's talk about him maybe coming back, and I know that there are people. Look. First of all, it's out of the game. I'm at every game, but I was at the game, and you hear people, wow, oh, F Belichick, and screw that guy, and go, you know, go back to Nantucket. And I'm like, dude, would you shut up? Like, what is wrong with you? Like, you had, you don't understand how good we've had it for 20 plus years. And then some of these coaches, you hear about Arthur Smith is a perfect example. Arthur Smith, this, this Sunday, this game. Arthur Smith goes, not Arthur Smith, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, freaking Allen. What the hell is the first name? Uh, Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen. Thank you. Arthur Smith was pissed at the end of the game. And I don't blame Arthur Smith for being pissed because they line up in victory formation up a billion points and they run it in. 41 to 17. I mean, they and they run it in with, you know, with, uh, with um, uh, Jamal Williams. And it's like, that's the most Bush League play you can possibly imagine. And the player said, can we get a touchdown for Jamal Williams? And he said, no, just kneel the ball. So instead of lining up and running a play, they line up like they're going to run victory formation and run it anyways. And it's like, you've got to be kidding me, man. you got no control of your team. You can't let your yeah. team do something like that to you on the last game of the season. Are you kidding me? And so that's the type of thing for me that, like, I get it, right? And people were, you know, I, I, whatever. I went back and forth to people on Twitter about this because they were like, you got to play defense. And I'm like, that's fine. Line up and run a play. I yeah. have no problem with them lining up and running a play. You're going to run a play, run a play. Stop me. But don't act like you're going to do victory formation and then run it in for a touchdown when you're up by 24 points with two minutes left to go in the game. That's just stupid, you know? Yeah. And, and, and so that's the type yeah. of stuff, but it's like, but my point here is that he doesn't have the control of his team. And you can say that Belichick doesn't, you can say whatever, but like you hear about guys, you hear guys talking about Belichick and you hear Zeke talking about, I thought I was going to be coached by a great player, uh, by a great coach, and I was coached by a great coach. And you talk about the the leadership that he has in the locker room and the fact that he's never slowed down, the fact that he commands that from his team. And whether he moves on or not, say he moves on, and maybe it's the right call for him to move on, which I think it is. You you don't have a guarantee that the next guy that comes in is going to be any good. Um, and that is a scary proposition, you know? And at the very least, yeah. you should be able to sit back and appreciate what you had for the last 24 years. Yeah, no, I think you look around the NFL and you see how when it comes to leadership, uh, it can get a lot worse. Uh, you know, I, I also think one of the things we tend to forget, because because it looked so easy in New England for so long, it's that a lot of times, even good teams, the teams that make the playoffs, the teams that win games in the playoffs, it looks ugly for stretches. Like, yep. great football was beautiful. Good football is, is can get ugly, and bad football is really ugly, which I think we saw. Just how just about as ugly as it can get today. Um, but no, and the Patriots have played good football for the better part of two and a half decades here. 
Uh, especially if, if you stretch it to three decades and you go back to 96 over that span, this has been the most successful franchise in the NFL. Uh, oh, yeah. It's tough for Bill to go out like this if this is how it goes. I will say if, if I'm Robert Kraft, not 50-50 coming into today, I'm 49-51 at best in favor of keeping Bill after what I just saw. And uh, I think the article, did it come out before we, we talked on Wednesday, the Callahan piece? Um, after came on after yeah because that came out on thursday we talked on wednesday they i was pretty firmly in the i think we should keep bill camp before that and that was the first article that made me raise some red flags uh that article said he wanted to keep patricia talked about real dysfunction between uh the bills o'brien and belichick behind Mm -hmm. the scenes Mm -hmm. and that's the first time where I'm like, I have serious doubt about how you make this offensive staff work next year and what direction you go and the goals for it. Uh, you know, if the standard for this team is to go have a winning record next year or else Bill gets fired, then what are we doing? This team's not going to have a winning record right. next year unless you get incredibly lucky. Let's rip off the Band-Aid now and start moving towards whatever our future is going to be. I don't think that, that feels like, you know, trying to patch things up with a girlfriend when you both know it's not going to work, but neither wants to say goodbye. That feels like right. what you're doing there. Yeah. So you either got to get everybody behind the scenes on the same page and move forward with something similar to what you have now in your staff, with some, some changes, or I think you just rip the bandaid off and jump off into the abyss and see where you land. Uh, well, that's, we knew it was going to happen at some point too. So. Right. And I, I think that that's what it comes down to is that I don't think you can look at this team and think that they're going to be a playoff team next year. Now I will tell you, I will tell you that with the defense that they had this year, they scored 21 points. They scored 21 plus points in four games, four games this year. They were three and one of those games. They had just, just yards per attempt and yards per reception. They were, I believe, number six against the pass in yards per attempt and number one against the run in yards per attempt for the season. That's the defense. That's how good the defense was this year. And so, you know, you, you look at it and just think, man, you know, if you had any semblance of an offense, just anything, a medial. And this is what we talked about before the season. We talked about them getting 10 or 11 wins because we thought if you just had a top 15 offense in the NFL, you'd win 10 games. And guess what? If the Patriots had a top 15 offense in the NFL, they'd be in the playoffs right now. They'd be the Steelers. That's, right. that's what this would look probably like. probably be better than the Steelers, to be honest with you. But you're right. They would be yeah. in that tier. In that right, now. right, right. And yeah, so, so they would you be know, that, you know, six, seven seed, whatever the case may be. But nevertheless, they'd be in the playoffs. And I think that that's, that's something that they were just never able to get going this year. I mean, listen, they were five games this year without a touchdown. Five games without a touchdown for the Patriots this year. I mean, that's, that is incredible. I mean, the, the amount of dysfunction and just the level of bad football you have to play to have five games without a touchdown is incredible. Um, of course, shout out in two of them. And then three other was three other ones where they couldn't, they couldn't muster a touchdown. And it just, it was a, a lot bad of home out. too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think that's, that's one of the tough parts here. And in, in some ways, they're not as bad as their record because I thought you saw good performances from the defense and a lot yeah. of close losses and things. But also, you are what your record says you are. There are a lot mm-hmm. of those you know, close games that were close because they scored late. Or, you know, 
they didn't really get unlucky. The players just weren't that good, and they were right. just one score lost than the other team, and that's how, kind of how they were all season. So, uh, yeah, yeah, and I know I I think it's tempting too to make the Houston comparison because of the jump that they made, but I caution against that because Texans have a franchise left tackle in mm-hmm. Laramie Tunsil, and the Texans had. A guy who we didn't know is going to be a wide receiver one in Nico Collins, who has developed really nicely into a good player. Yeah. Patriots don't. I mean, Pop Douglas is good. He's not that. He's more in the tank, the tank Dell category. He's not like right. a wide receiver one. Patriots don't have kind of a sleeping giant receiver. They got one developmental guy and Pop Douglas. So I think, I mean, there's, there's two receivers from this team that I think you would choose to keep around, and that's Douglas and Bourne. Everybody else, if you could, you'd get rid of them. And maybe yep. Booty sticks around, but you're not, you're not counting on anything there. No, right. The Texans had some developmental talent on the team that they developed into where they are now and dropped the quarterback in, and Patriots aren't there. You know, they're, it's funny. I feel like this Patriots team is three players away, the three players being the three hardest players to find in all the football, a quarterback, <laughs> a franchise, left tackle, a wide receiver one. Right. So... It's the silver lining is that in theory you can do it all in one draft. You can get lucky and get all three of those in one draft, right. or you can strike out. And you know we're looking at another, another. We're going into the cycle again, just like all the other bad teams looking for a quarterback. Well, and that's you've seen you've seen teams do that over and over and over again over the years, right? And just not being able to get those guys. And so for the Patriots, they have to hit on that guy. Now the question is, you, you talk about the Bills being the. Bears, I'm sorry, being a number one. If they draft a quarterback, that means they're moving on, right? If they move on from Justin Fields, can you acquire him for a third round pick? Do you acquire him for a third round? Do you say, okay, 68, which by the way, that that's the, that's their number that they're at is 68 right now. Um, because it's the weirdest thing ever, but because the um, Washington finished with the same record. So Washington, the Patriots and, and uh, the, Cardinals all finish with the same four and eleven record, and so strength of schedule goes into play for the first round, but then it switches every round after that, and so all three of them rotate. So the Patriots actually draft second, have the second pick overall in the second round, and they have the fourth pick overall in the third round, and then it continues to rotate. So you think about it like a tier. There's the three teams there, and Patriots pick second in the group, and then first in the group, and then third in the group, and then second, and then first, and then third, all the way to the. Yep, back and that rotation just term. continues the rest of the way. So obviously it matters more at the beginning of the draft, but you know, it's you still look at it towards the end. So but to the Patriots trade a third round pick for Justin Fields. Do you think that that's worth it? And again, I don't know, but you know, do they think that that's worth it? And if it is, now you can draft a wide receiver at 3. You can draft Marvin Harrison Jr. at 3. You can draft a franchise left tackle at 3. Or yeah. you can say, you know what? We're going to move back to 5 with the chargers right and draft our franchise tackle at five and move oh, yeah. back to five pick up some extra assets trade for justin fields and draft joe walt or again olu fashano or whoever it is whoever your your left tackle one is you could draft that guy at five probably and so mm-hmm. you know that again there, there's a million different ways that they can that they can go about this um i just think it's going to be you know we got to, there's a lot of work that's going to have to get done. And it seems like it's going to be a brand new regime coming in. So the scouts will probably be the same for now, but you're going to talk about, you know, 
maybe scheme changes and then maybe what, you know, so there's going to be a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. When it's, uh, how brand new the regime is, I think is a question here too, because if they end up with Gerard Mayo as the head coach and that's the direction they want to go moving forward, you might keep a lot of the old infrastructure. You might keep a lot of the scouts. I think, in general, the scouting methods in the system the Patriots have is perfectly fine. The problem is their evaluations just weren't that good. And I think if you kind of took the same infrastructure and changed some of the priorities and what you're looking for and the, the types of guys you're looking for, you probably get better results uh, and maybe swap out some of the individual scouts. But I do, th- for, for as bad as the results are, the actual scouting infrastructure you see in New England is something that has been copied across the league because it was so successful. And we talk about guys coaches failing out who were with belichick nobody talks about the front office guys who were under belichick who have gotten jobs around the league and have all done very well right. so um yeah and that's i mean we're talking about lower level guys too it's the, those methods work in terms of the actual you know formats of doing scouting reports and things like that you might just need a different eye at the top to change what it is you're actually looking for in some of these players yeah and i think too um, the, the the other part of it for me is that you talk about the scouts, and and I'm sure I'm sure some of the scouts have changed since the you know mid early to mid two thousands, right? Since like the regular scouts, right? And some of them have moved up and so on and so forth. But like, if a lot of those guys are the same, not a lot of them, but if if half of those guys are the same, well, you got to think that they're doing quite a bit, right? And, and and then maybe they're just not making the right call at the end. Maybe it's not, you know, maybe the evaluations are good and they're just not taking the right guys or maybe, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh, So I don't know. I'm not sure what the right answer is there. I do think after what, after Jalen Miller came out and said, you know, what he said about Bill O'Brien and seeing the way Bill O'Brien plays offense and the way that, you know, Malik Cunningham didn't get a chance. I just, I don't know if I want Bill O'Brien as the offensive coordinator next year. I just don't know if I want that because again, I want a 21st century offense. I don't know if Bill O'Brien is going to commit to that. I don't know if he's going to do that. You know what I mean? And so, like, does he look at this draft and think, Bo Nix is the guy that I need to run my offense? Like, I don't want that. I want Jaden Daniels or Michael Penix or even Drake May who can run, you know, guys that can change the game because they can move well. That's who I want as my quarterback next year, right? And so – yeah, and that's, yeah. I think, one of the other things, you know, you've got Bill O'Brien apparently making comments about a quarterback, how he should be a running back based right. on his running ability and all that. And it makes you question what you're going to do if you have a mobile quarterback. Basically, all the quarterbacks in this draft are mobile. The only one at the top who isn't mobile is Michael Penix, and he's still right. reasonably still mobile. He can make mobile. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the other part of it is that Bill O'Brien is a unique personality. He's a very fiery He's angry. He's loud. He gets into you. Some guys like that. Some guys don't. Uh, I, I look at some of the guys in this draft and like a JJ McCarthy, who's been the, learning under Jim Harbaugh. I think he would have no issues with a guy like right. Bill O'Brien as his offensive coordinator. Some other guys, uh, I don't know if, how they would handle that. They might not take to it as well. And I think that's a, a key piece here. I, I think there's kind of, I, I, the article that went up this morning on Pat's pulpit, I kind of touched on this, but I think there's there's two key pieces that need to go forward with this offensive staff. You need everybody on the same page first. You need front office, head coach, offensive coordinator, offensive staff, all in agreement about what's going on. Sounds like they don't have that now. Sounds like they didn't have that last year. 
under no circumstances can that be the case in 2024. You need everybody on the same page. Yeah. And then the other part about it is that you need it to be the right page. It doesn't matter if everybody's on the same page, if it's a bad strategy and it doesn't fit the players. So you need both parts of that. And I think with Bill O'Brien, you can get on the same page. I'm just not sure if that's the right page. I, I definitely, based on the article that we read, I think there's, I would be hard pressed to imagine a world where Bill O'Brien and Bill Belichick are back next year. Um, yeah. I don't necessarily think you need to get rid of both of them. I think you probably need to get rid of one of them unless you can somehow make this work. But uh, I think you need, you probably would like to overhaul the whole offensive staff, which by the way, what we're talking about the offensive staff, I'll just touch on it. Uh, Adrian Clem, it had been reported this week uh, that apparently he had a, a lengthy hospital stay. It sounded like with whatever's going on with him and he just got back and is around the team. So hope he's doing all right. And um, yeah. His name that's interesting here because I liked the hire when they made it, and I feel like we still haven't gotten a real chance to see what kind of offensive line coach he is. So, right, he's a guy right. I wouldn't mind bringing back. Yeah, and I thought Jake Andrews. I mean, I know they gave up seven sacks today. I thought Jake Andrews played okay. They played all right. You know, City So I thought looked decent at right guard. Now they had to eventually move to right to left tackle when Vidarian Lowe went out after that ridiculous fumble play. Um, <laughs> after Billy Zappi's first interception, and then he threw a second interception on the same drive. Um, you know, look, it was bad. I mean, you know, so we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. So, all right, before we get in, listen, we talked about the – we touched on the game a little bit. I think Zappi, I think we all are in the camp that – and we've talked about this multiple, multiple times. At this point, I don't think anyone in the Patriots quarterback room should be here next year. If you like Nathan Rourke – as a developmental guy, I haven't seen anything. I've seen one play by him that was awesome. Outside of that, I haven't seen anything. If you haven't seen Nathan Rourke's play against the Cowboys in preseason with the Jags, just search up Nathan Rourke Jaguars, and it's, it's the most it's the most outrageous play, of the play I've ever seen. It was by far the best play of the preseason. And honestly, I know it didn't count because it's a preseason game, but like one of the best plays of the entire season, uh, yeah. you know, regular season or or preseason. So, um, but it's one play, and it's against like. The Cowboys' third stringers. So, like, it's not, it's not like it was an, you know, it's not indicative of what he can do necessarily, but he still did it. And so it looked cool. And so, hey, who knows? You want to keep him as a developmental guy? Fine. But like, Mac and Zappy, you know, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. And there were people for a long time that thought Zappy would, had something there. He doesn't. He doesn't. Yeah. I'm sorry. He doesn't. He's yeah, not would, that guy. I don't. He threw some I wouldn't have really, really, really bad passes today. And that's why I wouldn't have any objection to him being on the team. Like coming into camp next yeah. year, if we're going to bring him into camp, he's cheap and he's a body and he has some familiarity with people there. So depending on what happens, if you want to bring him into camp, go for it. But he's going to be on the outside looking in for the 53-man roster. Um, like there's no – you need to add two quarterbacks. Yes. That's what this is. When you, when you break camp – when you go into camp, when you go into OTAs, yeah. you need to know who you think your QB1 and QB2 are. Neither one of those guys can be somebody who's on the roster right now. And I think Mac also, you get rid of, you save some money by trading Mac too. And yeah. I still think you can get a, you can get a day three pick back for him probably yeah. or cut him. I don't care, but right. there's no reason for him to be on this team next year. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just think, I, I wonder, I also don't want to like, People are like, oh, Zappy can be the backup. And I've talked about this a few times where, like, Zappy's done enough that he, he, he could be a backup next year. But, like, 
if you draft a rookie quarterback, I don't want Bailey Zappi as my backup because Bailey no. Zappi wants to play. He's not going to mentor a young guy. He's too young to mentor a young guy, right? Yeah. So, like, get him out of here. Have a veteran in here. Maybe you can trade Bailey Zappi for something. Probably not, but maybe you can. And you trade Mac yeah. Jones and Bailey Zappi, you, you know, and you it get, might be a seventh-round pick, but so what? Yeah, and you get you get 90 spots on the roster when you start camp. If you think right. Zappi's worth one of those, that's fine. Yeah, I agree. Here, but yeah. That's – you're not you're going in with no expectations. He's QB three or maybe even QB four. And right. he's he's fighting to either make you give him a spot on the fifty-three or more likely to prove he should stick on the practice squad or get right. a get a roster spot somewhere else too. Um, yeah, exactly. so you know you can do that if you want, but he's he's not even like he's not part of your solution going forward. And I think it's pretty clear you need to draft somebody and you need to sign somebody. That's how you address the QB position. That's priority number one this offseason. And then you figure out the rest Agreed. as you read. And like I said, you gotta you gotta fix the offense. And and to me, the offense is three things. And you mentioned it. Quarterback, tackle, wide receiver. Gotta get in you gotta bring in multiple wide receivers. I want the Patriots to draft multiple wide receivers. I want them to draft multiple wide receivers early. Um, you know. And I don't mean like first, second, and third round, but like, you know, I'd like to see one by the end of day two. I'd like to see another one by the end of round five, let's say. Like, I, I'd like to see fairly early wide receivers. Um, and so, you know, guys, guys that, you know, can make an impact theoretically week one. Um, yeah. So, anyways, but that's. And I think, and I think with the receiver thing too, I, th I think volume also matters yeah. here too, because I think. Of the three spots that we need the most, you have the highest hit rate on day three at wide receiver. You don't usually yep. find tackles there. You don't usually find quarterbacks there. If you throw a day two and a day three pick at receiver every year, that type of thing, then like a, a third round pick and a fifth round pick at receiver every year, you're going to land decent players in there just by you know sheer dumb luck. Right. And occasionally, you know, you're going to get a Puka Nakua, or you know, that's where Antonio Brown was taken. Yep. Yeah. Um, you're going to be able to find, or was Antonio Brown undrafted at my mixing guy? Uh, Brown was a fifth round pick. You okay. know, um, yeah, what's so his name? Tank Dell got drafted in the third round this year. Like, yeah, Nico DeMarco Collins Douglas, did. who's been good for us, was a sixth rounder. I think Nico um, Collins was a third round pick, I believe. Um, Stephon Diggs was a fifth rounder from right. Maryland. You can get good receivers. You can get quality receivers there. Yeah. So even though it's probably the second biggest need in this offense, in some ways I'm content leaving it until the third round because I think you can get quality players there. And if you use a third and a day three pick on a receiver, I think you just kind of do that until you fix the issue. <laughs> Unless yeah. you, you have somebody earlier that you of feel. Of course, right. If, if Harrison Jr. is there or you trade back and Malik Neighbors is sitting there or or whatever the case may be, or one of those guys drops out of the first round, right? One of those, yeah. one of those surefire wide receiver, one candidate wide receivers drops out of the first round. You're sitting there. At pick thirty four, saying, "Oh my God, I gotta, we have to take well, this guy, right?" Well, and I, so, I think, the, yeah, and I think the other part of this too is that if you're at pick three and there's just not somebody, not one of the quarterbacks you like there, you have the opportunity to trade back and pick up some assets, right. and then from thirty four, you can use those assets and trade up and trade to get up. somebody you like. That's yep. where I did a mock draft earlier this week, and what I what I ended up doing was trading back. Uh, I picked the Vikings because the rumor was they were in on Anthony Richardson last year. This was Brett Coleman who said this on his podcast that they were going to give up the farm to move up and go yes, get Anthony Richardson. Yep. And they didn't want to do the deal. Um, 
let's say they like Jaden Daniels and they want to come up to three to do that and you move back. You trade back, you pick up Romo Dunze, where you end up trading back to, and you come up from 34 and you get, you know, Michael Penix or JJ McCarthy or whoever your that other quarterback is that you think you can get in round one. And you know, I, I especially if you got a guy like a JJ McCarthy, I think you Jacoby Brissett is the name we've mentioned, but you signed a veteran who you think can start and be a mentor. Right. And you let let McCarthy sit for a season if he needs it. Yep. And you've got a receiver that you feel better about, and then you not go from idea. there. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. And so that's there's a million ways to fix it. So all right, here's yeah, what we're gonna do. I do I before we go for I would just want to address one comment too, because somebody mentioned there are good left tackles in the third and fourth rounds. There there have been. Uh, and we've seen the Patriots, not a left tackle, but Marcus Cannon was a guy they found later on. Sebastian Vollmer was a guy they found later on. True. One of the issues here is just tackles are huge human beings with insane amounts of athleticism. And if you are really big with insane amounts of athleticism, that is rare enough that you, if you're good, you usually go pretty high. It's harder to find those guys later in the draft. Meanwhile, receivers, uh, you see good receivers all the time who have okay testing there isn't just a super strong correlation between your testing and your success as a receiver you have cooper cup i think is a really good example of a guy like that wes welker (laughs) you know going back to that and because of that you can find some of those guys who are technicians who stand out on tape might not might not have the testing in round three and round four so i i think you can find tackles and you know, Dewan Jones this year is kind of the perfect example yeah, of that. True, but just from a hit rate perspective, it just doesn't you get enough. more. You get more with the receivers than you do the tackles, and that's not that's not saying you have to take a tackle high and draft a receiver later because you have to go by also the individual prospects you're looking at. But from a from an overarching theory, I think that's my that's my preference. Yeah, my comments weren't loading. I was like, you said a comment. I'm like, what? So I had to like <laughs> refresh the comments, and I'm like, oh my god, I missed all these. Um, <laughs> and so. So you know, and look, we're and we're gonna we're gonna do mock draft shows, and we're gonna talk about this, and we're gonna go back and forth, and and people are right, right? People are right about the fact that you need a, you know, someone said you need a franchise left tackle, not just a starter like Marcus Cannon, and I agree with you, I agree with that, but like you can't take everyone, right? You can't take a left tackle and a quarterback and a wide receiver, so you have to yeah. choose, right? You have yeah. to choose, and so. I think that, you know, that's that's one of those things where it's like, well, is Marvin Harrison Jr. that much better than everyone else that you have to take him at three? Yeah. And, I'm, and maybe that's maybe yeah. that's what you do. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and you know, or is Jaden Daniels that much better than everyone else that you're like, he has to be the guy at three? Or yeah. do you look at it and say, Caleb Williams is the guy, the guy. We have to go up to one and get him. You know, and maybe they do. And maybe that's what they think. I don't know, right? The, they have to decide that. And so, yeah. you know, those are, those are some of the things for me where it's like they have to figure out what they're doing. But again, you, there's a possibility that you can hit on all three of those guys, but you can't take them all in the first round, right? This isn't Madden no. where you can just I'm, trade all your assets for the for picks one, two, and three, yeah. right? Just the way yeah. it goes, you know? Yeah. And I'll, I'll just one more comment before we go to break because DJ Daniel had mentioned uh, Michigan not throwing the ball much with J.J. McCarthy. Yeah. I just want to put this note out there as a Michigan fan. The reason they don't throw it that much is because Michigan's offensive line almost essentially plays like five guards, and they're all really good at right. run blocking. 
but they can get beat with pass blocking. And they've turned right. to running the ball a ton in a lot of these games because when they played Penn State, the edge rush was getting there, and they said, we're not going to mess with that. We're just going to run the ball. Uh, and the other reason is because Michigan has had a huge lead in a lot of these games, and there was no need. That they're just running out the clock. So I think I have yeah. a lot of questions in J.J. McCarthy as a prospect. I'm not going to look at him with my, my amazing blue colored glasses here as, as some fantastic prospect, but he has some traits that you like. He has some intangibles that you like, and he's a guy who I think you, you like as much as any guy who you feel like needs to sit a year. I don't think he's yeah. a slam dunk franchise quarterback, but I think he's a guy who, in theory, you can develop, whether he right. does. you know, Who knows if a quarterback's going to develop? If there was an easy way to tell if a quarterback's going to develop, then we'd be GMs. Then we'd be all that. set. That's <laughs> correct. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. Um, Josh Allen, by the way, is just giving this game away. Just giving this game away. Um, he's got two book. two picks. Uh, no, both, both thrown in the end zone, by the way. Which one of them, by the way, was like a punt. They actually picked up a few yards. Um on that, but uh, but now we just fumbled again in the red zone on on third and thirteen. So I, I tweeted earlier. Lovely. I was like, "Are we bookending the season with Josh Allen giving away a game with turnovers to an AFC East rival in primetime?" And certainly possible. Certainly yeah. possible. But by the way, the man who forced that fumble, ninety four Christian Wilkins, I believe, is a free agent this year. And look at that. We got, we got a lot of money to throw around, and there might not be offensive talent out there. So. Having the best defensive tackle duo in the NFL wouldn't necessarily be the worst you, use of that money. I mean, could you imagine Judon, Barmore, White, and Christian Wilkins? Wilkins. Yeah. Golly. Yeah. But when you got when you got if you have Wilkins, Barmore, and Judon, it doesn't really matter who the fourth guy is. That's no point. matter what, he's getting one on one opportunities. That's a great point. That's a great point. So yeah, and you, right, let's take it. I don't know if you, yeah, we'll do it. Okay. No, go ahead. What were you going to say before we do the break? I couldn't remember if you mentioned Josh Allen throwing short of the end zone, too, and costing the Bills three points. Not a turnover, but that kind of feels insane. like a turnover. That was yeah. completely insane. You have to go into that looking at it and saying, you know, for those of you that don't know, the half ended because the Bills had no time no time on the clock. They went for it, and he threw it short of the end zone. The guy got tackled before the end zone, and time ran out. To me, that's insane to me. It's complete insanity. You have to get in that situation and say, the ball needs to get to the end zone, period. The ball needs to get to the end zone, period, or throw it away. Because you can't go in with no points. Now, I know they got the ball throughout the second half, but you can't go in the half with no points in that situation. They did. So that's four times. That's four times they've been in scoring range and haven't gotten any points out of it. So that's that's wild. So anyways, all right, let's take a quick break. We'll be back. We're going to talk Belichick when we come back, where we think he's going to go. If there's a if there's a world in which he stays, uh, and then we're going to play a little game with with the upcoming free agents for the Patriots. Uh, so we got a quick Fanduel ad. By the way, it's a new Fanduel ad, so you don't have to listen to my like raspy voice after me screaming at a Patriots game. So uh, here we go. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and make your first bet a layup. 
FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Iowa, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelpline.ma.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts. Or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. All right, so let's get into Bill Belichick. I I believe that it, it was Bill's last game uh, in Foxborough. I'm a little upset. They didn't show him on the board. They didn't do anything. They didn't, they didn't do any of that stuff, uh, which I, I understand. Bill obviously didn't want them to do that stuff. I get it. But, like, at the same time, like, my goodness, you can't give us anything just to, like, say thank you. Now, the place had emptied out. I mean, there was nobody there. Um, a ton of people left at halftime. It was nasty out. It was cold. It was snowing. It was, like, half snowing, half raining. It was nasty. I get that. But at the same time, like – Give us an opportunity to say thank you for, you know, 24 great years. They didn't do that. And that's frustrating and disappointing. And, you know, it it is what it is. But I, I was I was frustrated about it. Um, and so I just – I think he's done. I think he's done. And we talked about this, and I thought I was on the fence. But now you look at what happened – and in the the articles that came out on Thursday, I, I'd be shocked, shocked for me. Um, yeah. So we'll see. But that that's that's my that's my opinion. When it from what's kind of been reported and what's out there, it sounds like the only way Belichick would come back is if he's ceding a lot of power or control in some yeah. way, and if he's willing to change his stripes which I don't think is some impossibility. Uh, and the, I mean, the other factor here is going to be what other teams want out of him. So if there's another team, if there's no other team that wants him to be GM and head coach, then that might change the way he looks at things. Because if no matter what, he's only going to be a head coach and he's not going to do the front office stuff after this, if he doesn't have roster control, he might be willing to sacrifice that and stay doing it. Now, whether or not that's enough for Kraft to keep him around, I think remains to be seen. Uh, I'm curious to see how long this process is going to last, too. Typically, what was reported earlier today is that when they meet, typically their meetings take a couple days. They meet right after the season, you know, Monday, Tuesday into Wednesday. They'll meet and they'll talk about the year, figure out a plan going forward. Um, and you know, I, don't, I don't think it's an impossibility that he stays, but I don't think he will. I think yeah. they're going to want to go elsewhere with this what i do think is interesting is bill has his usual monday morning press conference tomorrow at 7 30 and i do wonder what's going to come out of that probably a whole lot of nothing yeah that's, would think. that's my guess um but uh, we'll probably have an idea by midweek maybe it'll be on our, our sunday show instead of our wednesday show that we're talking about this and we'll get more clarity and could also depend on teams in the playoffs and who gets eliminated and who is looking for a coach that could factor into this. 
Right. I, I, if I had to be a betting man, I would say Bill Belichick is not a member of the New England Patriots organization in three months' time. Yeah. <laughs> and so then the real, they finalize this stuff. Right. And so then the real question is this, right? Where does he go? Right. Where does he go if it's not here? And so you mentioned Philadelphia being an interesting spot. That's an intriguing spot. Um, I have my doubts about that, but it's an intriguing spot, right? And so you say, okay, there's there's one spot. Washington, as you mentioned, Mike Florio talked about. Josina Anderson reported that there were multiple um, NFC South teams that were interested in Bill Belichick. What about Bill Belichick going to either New Orleans or to Atlanta? Both of those sound interesting, right? Atlanta, that's kind of what I just mentioned, Atlanta. Atlanta seems like an interesting place. They have a lot of offensive talent already there. Kirk Cousins is a, is a is a free agent this year. You mentioned, you know, Minnesota maybe looking for some for some guys that could that could theoretically replace him, right? And so if that's the case, well, maybe Kirk Cousins signs in Minnesota uh, in in Atlanta, I'm sorry, and all of a sudden their offense is pretty good and he can help fix their defense. Maybe, you know, so there were these places to go to, and not to mention, those divisions stink. And I'm sorry, I know Tampa made the playoffs again, and Baker was pretty good this year, and they're probably going to sign him to you know an extension and whatnot. That division stinks. The Panthers are terrible. The Saints are fine. The Falcons are they fine. Almost, they fine. almost sent two teams to the playoffs, which yeah. I know not to get de- not to get derailed here, but we did not need a seventh team in the playoffs. That did not need to happen. It was the whole 16 weeks and 12 teams in the playoffs worked and the NFL got greedy by adding on two extra playoff games and a whole extra week of the season. However, <laughs> however, you had what, like seven teams that were, um, you had like seven teams that were winning in, were in winning in situations this week. And that's the drama that the NFL wants on the last week of the season. Right. And so I, I, I get it, but I'm not. I'm not interested in a Pittsburgh Steelers win and in scenario no, against backups. And I don't want to see the Steelers in the playoffs. Who wants to see the Steelers team in the playoffs? I know. Probably probably not me. No, I mean the well, Steelers it, are gonna are gonna get smoked. It, it makes it makes the two seed worth less too, which I don't like. I think two teams getting a bye made more sense, and then there's a real advantage to being in the top tier of your conference. Right. Now it's now there's no distinction made between being the second best team in your entire conference and being a team that barely wins their division at like nine and eight, they get well, the same is, advantage, which is fine. But look at this situation. Buffalo is in, is in a situation right now where they could either be the number two seed or be out of the playoffs. So now one game makes them one of the best teams and they get a buy as opposed to being because they lost out of the playoffs. You know what I mean? And so that that's one of those things where like, Yes, you're right, but at the same time, it, it's not. So, anyways, we can go back and forth and argue about this all we want, but it's an off-season issue. At the end of the day, <laughs> it would pretty soon we'll be playing 18 games, so it just it, it is the way it is, you know. So, um, but anyways, I I do I think it's going to be interesting to see where Belichick decides that he wants to go, who wants him, and then the other part on the other part of that on top of that is. What do the Patriots get back for him if he's going somewhere, you know, that is that has a top, you know, say he's going to Washington? They're not getting the number two pick from Washington. That's not happening. No. Could I they get a wonder, second round pick? 
What I do wonder if it's Washington is if they could get a pick swap at the top. Swap yeah. picks two and three. Uh, no idea if that would ever be on the table. Uh, I think that'd be an ideal scenario because then you get to pick a quarterback you want. That's tougher. Right. I, I was looking through history. Basically, every coach trade has involved a first-round pick. Um, there, were, The Mike Holmgren trade was a second-round pick. And then there's Herm Edwards trade and the Bruce Arians trade. Both yep. of those involve day three picks. So based on history, I feel like we're looking at a day two or a day one pick, depending on what the market ends up looking like. Oh, God. Oh, man. Pat's ahead of me on our streams here. Well, we're watching Bill's Dolphins. So we'll see. Uh, here's all I'm going to say. Assumption Greyhounds, baby. That's all I'm going to say. I don't know. I don't that's know what my, that that's my that's my alma mater right there. Oh my uh, goodness. I think at least. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure. Um but no, I, I do think I think it's interesting for me um to kind of see well, what if have you seen the play yet? Yeah. Punt return okay. for a touchdown? Yeah. it's a great punt by Jake Bailey, but um I mean, he Patriots caught it like legend the, Jake Bailey caught it the four, and I'm like, "What is he doing?" And then he just yeah. takes it to the house. Deontay Hardy from the unit. Well, it's, now it's Assumption University, not Assumption College, but uh, that was where I graduated from many moons ago. Um, but nevertheless, tie game uh, in Miami. In case you guys haven't figured that out, so we'll see. I, I think. Look, I, I think for the for the Patriots, it becomes a situation of where does he go. And then again, what do you get back? And you, Belichick has to want to go there. He has to play ball with you, right, to go somewhere else. They're not going to fire him. They're not going to fire him. Um, but I do think, I, I do think some of those NFC South locations could be an interest. They could be interesting spots. They really could be. Um, and so, you know, we'll we'll see. Time will tell. We'll probably know by the end of the year. Uh, by the end of the year. By the end of the week. Uh, again, unless unless he's talking to someone in – maybe he talks to someone in Philly and Philly says, you know, we'd trade for Belichick if we well, lose in the first round and then he waits until until the until next weekend, you know? And some of the reporting has seemed to indicate that there are teams in the weeds like their current head coach but that would, would consider Bill if he became – available right which i think is interesting i also think if you're craft you factor that in if there are teams out there that say i want to give up a first round pick for bill belichick you're going to reevaluate your decision because if they think he's worth that much they're gonna gonna cross your t's and dot your i's before you let a man like that walk out of the building yeah um you know and i think that's it's a difficult decision here for Kraft. It might seem simple on paper one way or the other depending on where you sit but this guy's a franchise legend who has a long working relationship with Robert Kraft and it's going to be it's going to be hard no matter what direction they end up going with this there's going to be a lot of emotions involved and mm -hmm. um, I, I don't think it'll be like messy or anything like that but I would imagine Maybe. behind closed doors it's not going to be like Kraft sits Bill down and says you're done it's not right. it's going to be more complicated than that behind closed doors so yeah um, yeah well we'll yeah. find out here next week next two weeks Right, and Bill has what fourteen games left, fourteen wins left uh, to go. To get done, and so, win. you know, I, I just think I think at this point he wants to go somewhere we can win. I mean, obviously, clearly, he wants to go somewhere I can win. Um, 
David Savage mentions Dallas. Whew, that would be an interesting spot because Dallas has a ton of good players. And they have Mike McCarthy, who famously stinks. And so if they, you know, if they go into week one of the playoffs and they lose, which is entirely possible because it is Dallas, that would be that would be interesting. And it would be funny to look at kind of the trajectory of his of his coaching franchise. And of course, he didn't end up as a head coach of the Jets, but to be at the Giants with Parcells, to be at the Jets with Parcells, then to come to the Patriots with Parcells. Parcells, of course, ended his career in Dallas. Could he end his career in Dallas too? But see, then it's like, does he want Jimmy John, you know, Jerry Jones breathing yeah. down his neck and stuff? So, you know, but but either way, yeah. I, I think it, it's going to be interesting. So yeah. they got to get yeah. something back for him. In my opinion, they got to get something back. I would back. like to. I, I don't think you like drag it out to get something back from him, but I would like a return. Uh, right. And I think as long as there are multiple suitors for him, if there are multiple places Bill wants to go and multiple teams that want him, you'll get a return. I don't know if it'll yeah. be a first, but you'll get something back. Exactly. Also, before we before we move on, while we're talking coaching, if the Falcons do not fire Arthur Smith, that is not a serious organization. <laughs> I am sorry. That, He's not a good like, coach. Like, forget the... And he had that outburst at... Um, Dennis Allen after the game, which I think is understandable, but yep. this man has a long history now of really strange outbursts at people and weird, weird handling of the media, which is fine if you're winning, but he's not winning and he does not look like he knows how to use the talent. I don't know if you watch that sequence where they got to the one yard line and they've got yeah. the, the first play they call is read option with Desmond Ritter and Cordero Patterson. That's their first play. And their second play, I think, was a uh, some kind of a pass where Ritter completely misses the mark on it. And it's just, you're at the one-yard line or the half-yard line or wherever you are. You've got Bijan Robinson in a beefy offensive line. Just, just run play. the ball. Don't Or if you're not going to run the ball, drop a play action or a fade or something for Kyle Pitts, who's your unicorn right. freak, or Drake London, who's your other unicorn freak of an athlete down there, and give them a chance to make a play. And instead, they just... It honestly, it. it honestly feels, it almost feels as though he's like anti-fantasy football and he's so anti-fantasy football that he wants, it's just so stupid, but that he wants to like not feed those guys, which is just like, what do you, I th- you I drafted don't think, I think you at just, number eight, like just run them into the them. line. What the hell's wrong with you? You drafted well, Kyle think- Pitts at number eight, use them. You draft to Drake one that had five. Use them. Like, what are you doing? I, I kind of feel like Arthur Smith just thinks he's smarter than everybody else, and he's going to win by being more creative, which is great when your team isn't very good because that's okay. how you can, you know, put guys in great spots. But it kind of stinks sometimes when you have really good players because you'll just decide not to use them because you're trying to outsmart the other t- other team and use them as a decoy. It's not, you just got to use those players. Yeah. Arthur Smith is a, a war criminal. Yeah. I agree. So, uh, <laughs> all right, let's play that game real quick. Let's do, let's do it quick. Yeah. Let's, let's run through it really quick. Yeah. So here's here's what we're gonna do. Okay, you want to explain it? Or you want me to explain it? I can do it. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna go through all of the the players that are um, pending free agents for New England this off season. We're gonna put them into three buckets. Yes, we want them back. No, we don't want them back. The third category is if they're cheap. We'll take them. After, yeah, something, something below the, what we think the market would be. Right. Yeah. Um, we'll start at the top. I'm using, I'll give the shout out to uh, whoever, Nick Goss, who wrote this article on NBC, 
support the Boston, having the list of 15 players who can become unrestricted free agents. We'll just go in this order. First one, Ezekiel Elliott, running back. Yes. I mean, I guess gonna, maybe at the right price, but but he's not going to get a big contract somewhere. I'm going to go if he's cheap only because if somebody decides he looked good this year and they want to throw real money at him, I'm not sure if that's the best use of our money. Um, number two, Kendrick his Bourne. Quote, by the way, I'm sorry to interrupt you. His quote was hysterical today. where He's like, growing oh. up, I always wanted to play in snow, and he goes, I finally played in the snow, and it kind of sucked. <laughs> I was like, that's so good. I love it. I love it. So, uh, Kendrick Bourne. Yes. Yes. That's a yes for me. Pharaoh Brown. Yes. I mean, yes. He's not, no one's paying him big money. Yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll say yes. Mike Gesicki. No. I'm right there with you. No. Hunter Henry. Uh, at the right price, but which I think means yes. Yeah. I'm going to say yes on him because I don't think he gets some kind of crazy market here. So, yeah. I think you bring him back. Trent Brown. Hell no. <laughs> I am I am a hell no with I'll leave one tiny asterisk, which is if you bring in a new administration here and he makes amends with them, then no, maybe no no like no that's... no 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 <laughs> stop it. You're talking talking me out of Trent Brown. Yes, as always. Stop it. Michael Wenu. Yes. 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 I don't care what cost. Yes. Michael Wayne is a yes. Josh Uche. No. Well, okay. All right. At the right price. Yeah, I'll go if he's cheap. I'm not I'm not paying him every down edge money, but rotational pass rusher? Sure. Why sure. Not? Yeah. Anthony Jennings. Yes. Yes. That's a, that's an easy yes. Mac Wilson. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Honestly, after the year he had, I might say at the right price because he's played pretty darn well. Um, and you know, I don't know if someone's going to give him big money, but like they could. I'm I'm going to go yes on Mac Wilson because I don't think he gets. I think he's nice in this scheme. I think he works with what yeah. they like to do. Uh, next one up, Miles Bryant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, it is, I, yes. I'm definite yes on this one. I'm waiting yeah. for the cascade of no's in the chat. I feel like we're gonna get some of those, but I'm going going to yes on Miles Bryant. Jalen Mills. I mean, I don't know. Not I no, not really. I don't think so. Um, he doesn't do anything for me. I'll go at the right price. He's he's serviceable. Now he can yeah. he can do a lot of things on the back end. I'm not I think he might get starter money somewhere else if they need something in the secondary, and I'm out at that. But his rotational safety corner money, sure, why not? I think that's that's. I think you got to bring back one of Mills or Bryant because you got to have somebody in that slot kind of yeah, safety to me, role. To me, it's Bryant. I agree. I'm, yeah. I'm there with you. Although I thought Mills looked good today, I thought he was fine. Yeah, um, yeah. Stay at safety, Kyle Duggar. At the right price. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say yes here, even though I think he's had a little bit of a down season because I think you just can't afford to let him walk out the door. He missed, uh, he missed roughly 96 tackles today. He just, he just missed tackle after tackle after tackle after. And I was just like, dude, what are we doing, man? And he hits yeah, hard and he flies around at times. But like, I, think, I think you saw him have a worse year this year because they asked him to do more and he was thinking yeah. more. I think is what happened. Yeah. I might be wrong. Well, and I that, think but that's, that's what I was, that's what, that's what it seems like to me. 
Well, Ducker's in this weird spot too. Like I think last year we all thought, all right, he's one year away from being a pro bowler. And instead he kind of stepped back. And it's yeah. hard to tell if that's a scheme thing or if he just had a down season. And it's tough to tell which is the real Kyle Duggar. Is it this year or is it last year? Yeah. And I honestly think that because of some of that uncertainty, you can get him at a little bit of a discount. And that's what makes him a yes to me because I think he's a good player. And, you know, if he, if he plays at this level, like just below Pro Bowl level, then I think he'll be worth whatever money he gets because I don't think he gets crazy amounts of money yeah. where he is. We got two more players on here. Uh, both special teamers one cody davis i mean maybe i don't know he's fine cody davis is fine but like how many special teams guys do you need you have schooler i guess you could have another one fine but i don't know cody davis is a total like at the right price well i think he's he's also likely to be signed to a contract here that's cuttable in camp so i totally think he's a guy you can sign and then have him not make the 53 and it's totally okay right and then the last one here i think isn't going to go in any of our buckets and that's matthew slater yes now matthew slater it's right off into the sunset my friend we love it's, you it's, we appreciate you but you know it's a hundred percent yes if you want it to come back of course yes but i don't think i don't think that's happening not after today i'll tell you um his dad played 20 years and he played 16 it's pretty damn good. It's pretty damn good. Yeah. And and you that's know, great. Does he, he have any kids it, coming along? Because that family's know, got some right? good genes. If if he makes it to the Hall of Fame, which I think he should. I don't know if he will, but I think mm-hmm. he should. They'd be the first father son duo ever in the Hall of Fame, which would be so incredible. Um, yeah. And so you know that that to me is is interesting. He's fallen off a little bit this year, not a ton, but a little bit. They had a they had a punt today uh, where they muffed the punt. And uh, and he just wasn't there. He was the guy there, but he just wasn't there. And I just think that you know he's old. What do you you know? But he, I mean, as good of a player as he was on the field, he was a better guy off the field. And it's hard to do that. I know people say that all the time, and it's this cliche thing. But like, it's actually true about Matthews later. And so, um, human being. Yes. Yep. And teammate. I mean, every yep. single guy loved him. I loved the fact they wore those sweatshirts today. It was really cool. It was just cool. Yeah. I, and he, I would love to know, see who organized that. I wonder if that came from Kraft. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious about that. Yeah. Because Kraft, Kraft wearing wore one. one. Yeah. 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 So I think I, that was I cool. Love, and of course, yeah. you saw him was, wearing a Brady shirt <laughs> yeah. when everyone else was wearing was his amazing. sweatshirt. I love it. Amazing. I also, there's some schooler, schooler discussion in the chat. I think he was, he's been playing at an all pro level on special teams at points this season this issue is just penalties he needs more yeah. refinement with another year but i think they got a really good one there and i saw a comment in there about how we need to care less about special teams i just i mean we're barely a year away from special teams costing us a place in the playoffs and right. special teams cost us games just this season I, I think we care about special teams the appropriate amount the problem is we just need to get better players yeah with some of not, it but just not um, executing Unfortunately, yeah, and there's well, and I, I also think the things that you need to do well on special teams you need to be a good athlete, you got to be able to tackle well, you got to be comfortable with the ball in the hand in your hands if it comes to you. Yep. And those are skills that are valuable in offense or defense in a bunch of different positions. So, signing guys who can be good special teamers and be able to play an offense for defensive position, I think, is a, a good asset for your team to have because. 
You know, I don't, you don't want to be, you don't have to be elite at special teams, but you don't want to be bad at special teams. If you were bad at special teams, that alone can cost you games sure. or seasons. If you ask you know, the Chargers going back with how bad they were there. So yep. you don't have to sure. be elite, but if you're bad, you're going to be much worse off than your opponent over the course of the whole season. In, in I agree. Way. So the, uh, the Dolphins appear to be choking this game away. And I will tell you something about this, mm-hmm. right? I, I had originally said, that I wanted the Bills to lose and the Dolphins to win. However, they're both in the playoffs no matter what. If the if the if the Bills win, we we get to root against both teams. If there's a possibility yeah. that both teams lose next week, if the Dolphins win, they play each other. So that means one of them is definitely uh, going to win next week. So, but um, but the the flip side of it to me is that it would be what Steelers, Bills, and Dolphins, Steelers, Chiefs. Bills. Yeah. No, but those are the two games. Neither yes. one of those is interesting to me because this Miami team is not going on the road to a cold Arrowhead Stadium and beating the Chiefs. That That is just not happening. This team has been much worse away from home than they've been at home. And yeah. who wants to watch Bill's Steelers? Yeah, no one. Nobody. And the, Steel- and the Steelers could win that game. I was going to say, it, seems, it feels like a game the Steelers would win. <laughs> <laughs> who, want, who wants to see the Steelers in the divisional rounds of the playoffs this year? Oh, Nobody. Oof, like, right. it, for as much as I don't like Miami and Buffalo, I think guaranteeing that one of them gets through to the second round means we get some quality games in there. True. Very true. So. <laughs> so I don't know. Neither of these teams looks fantastic right now. I think the AFC, you know, maybe we can wrap up by doing this. The, the, who we think the most dangerous teams in each conference are, because the way I look at it right now, I almost feel like it's like the one seed and then the five and the six seeds. That are not the five in the NFC, but it's like it's like the the one seed and the teams on the road in in this first round are are in some yeah. ways the ones that feel the most dangerous. It's true. It's definitely true. So I would love. I mean, imagine imagine the Browns in the Super Bowl. Oh my god, that would be so. I can't. That would be incredible. If there's no other upset because it's Deshaun Watson. But if the yeah, but you know what though, he's not the quarterback. So what difference no. does it make? And if anything, those guys getting credit for anything. But if it's anything, it's even better because they screwed up with Watson. They owe him a billion dollars, right? They win the Super Bowl, that'd be great. But like, imagine so two games that could happen, right? If well, two one game that is happening, the Lions are hosting the Rams with Matthew Stafford, which is incredible. Jared Goff versus Matthew Stafford on different teams, so awesome. The first the first playoff game they've hosted in years, and they're playing. You know the quarterback that was arguably the best quarterback in the franchise's history. That's pretty cool. And then, if the Browns win and there's no other upsets, the Browns go into Cleveland, uh, go into Baltimore. I'm sorry, who took their team with them, with their old quarterback. That would be yeah. incredible. That would be incredible. Would be fun. So those two storylines, I think, would be really fun. Um, you know, but, but it's but anyways, yeah. I, I I to answer your question. I'm not really scared of anyone, and the the AFC just looks like a complete crapshoot. I think the the team that is most likely to threaten the Ravens in the AFC is whoever wins that Browns Texans game. Yeah, because the the Browns have that familiarity, and they have a, one of the few defenses in the NFL that I think can actually do something against that Ravens offense. And the Texans right now, you know, that's not a complete team, and they got issues. But they have a quarterback who I think is, you know, young enough who might not be scared going into Baltimore. And, you know, the, yeah. the Texans played the Ravens competitively early this season. That was week one. They, yeah, they did, they, right. In Baltimore, they played them competitively. So I think that could be close. 
Miami is not the same team on the road. I, I think it, and an AFC championship game in theory, that's Miami at Baltimore. I don't think ends up being close. The bills, you know, they just don't, they don't have that juice this year. This year, they seem banged up. The offensive line hasn't been as good. I still, I'm going to say this and I might sound crazy for it. I think they made the wrong move firing their offensive coordinator. I think most of the reasons that they've won games since firing him has been, they've gotten luckier and they've played worse teams. Yeah. The reason they lost games before that was because they got like too many men out there on a field goal and you got special teams giving up a punt return in overtime. Um, and statistically, yeah, their offense has been worse since they fired their offensive coordinator. So true. I just I think the, the Bills are a little overrated there and they're they're really banged. The Bills and Dolphins are both so banged up at this point. Uh, yeah, I agree. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I mean, it's going to be interesting. Cowboys turn into a pumpkin every time this year. The Dolphins turn into a pumpkin at this time every year. It's just like th- these are the things that happen, and they're happening again. And so we'll see. If we'll kind of see where it goes. Of course, the Cowboys went very well today. But you if know. there's a year for the Cowboys, I think this is it because they're the yeah. two seed, and they're going to get to be at home for mm-hmm. presumably like at least two games here if they win the first one. And uh, I don't like their odds of going into San Francisco and winning, but you know, there's a chance somebody goes out to San Francisco and and knocks them off the rams i think could do it if they get through detroit um which i think could be interesting i don't think the eagles do it but in a world where everything goes chalk i don't think tampa is doing it so maybe it's the rams you're kind of relying on the rams you get a rams cowboys nfc championship game but yeah i just yeah, I, I don't want to pro- i don't i don't want to project all chalk but it does feel like the one seeds are kind of does kind of does feel that way right so I feel you um, might get a lot of chaos in the first two rounds, and then it's just going to end up being two conference championship games that are blowouts with the one seeds coasting on by into the Super kind of feel, kind of feels that way, right? So, so we'll yeah. see. Oh, you know what? One thing I forgot to mention: Matthew Judon is the other guy. He's not. He's not technically a free agent this year, but they're doing what they did. What they did with um, Gilmore. Gilmore where they advanced him money this year from his contract next year. So he's going to need a new contract. He's essentially up. He's essentially a free agent because there's no he way. Can, he can, yeah, he can play on the deal, but he's not going to be happy. About but he's it. never so, going to play on that deal because he's getting yeah. like 5 million bucks next year or something like that. So, I, um, and I, I believe Peppers, Judon, and Barmore all have deals that expire after next season. That's correct. That's correct. And yes. I think if you're a new GM coming into New England, or if you're Bill Belichick who's still in that role, which I doubt, but we'll, we'll entertain it until we actually hear some news on it. Right. Uh, I think the the easy move here this offseason extend all three of those guys. Far more his nice lucrative extension. Tack on at least one more year for Judon, and maybe two more years for Peppers, and make sure you got a a defense a defensive core that can all come back and. Paying out a little bit of money to guys who are currently on the team, who are leaders for your team, was a really good way to keep a culture going. And if it is a new G- GM and you want to say, hey, these are the guys we want, you can set an example right off the bat and get mm-hmm. things going the right way. Mm-hmm. And you got the you got the money right now. This is one of the few times where you can you know overpay a tiny bit for guys right. just to right. prove a point to your players that, hey, we value you and we, we want you here. You're not going to go, spend way more money than you have to, but go to them and don't hardball. Say, we think you're worth this and we want to pay you it and keep you here and show right. their value. I think that's a right. nice, easy win. And the next part is finding guys on offense who you f- you'd feel comfortable making the same offers right. as you got. Well, yeah. 
then you've let you know you've let guys walk away. You've let Shaq Mason walk away. I mean, they traded him, but you've let Shaq Mason walk away, and you've let you know Joe uh, Tooney walk away, and you've let Ted Karras walk away, and you've let guys walk away that you shouldn't have, right? Stephon Gilmore, you traded like you need to you need to hold these guys. They're good. They're good players. So you need yeah. to bring them back. And again, just extend them and keep them a little bit longer. So um, but we'll see. But anyways, all right, let's get out of here. Um yeah. Patriot season's over four and thirteen. Yeah. But again, number three pick. Yeah. I I you also know. believe I'm gonna throw I think this is the first time the Patriots have ever lost a snow game at home. It is. I, I know that the, their first ever snow game loss was in Denver in 2015 as a franchise. So I figured this is the first one at home. It's the first time they played uh, a game since then. I think – I don't think that uh, – maybe that's right. I think they've lost three snow uh, – three – well, so it's not their first ever home snow game loss because they have lost snow games at home before. Oh, okay. Uh, specifically in 1962. 19- 62 against the Bills. 62? 67, maybe, against the Bills. I don't know. It might have been 62. Mm-hmm. Against the Bills at home, they had to try to get into the playoffs um, okay. with with a win, and, and they lost. My, in my snowy, memory doesn't go back that far. snowy so. Fenway Park. You know, the only reason why is I'm looking at – I have a picture from the from the globe. I'm looking at the picture from Fenway Park. Um, I love that. And so, um, and so I know they lost that game. But I think I – think, they haven't lost since they moved to Foxborough. They haven't lost a, a home, a home and, snow game. And so definitely their first one at Gillette. So I think losing yes. that, losing that streak. They haven't played one at Gillette. Game. They've only played two at Gillette since 2009. They played the 9 one where they won 59 nothing, and they played they the one in 2021. One. Which one in 2021 was that? The they played. No, in 2020 when they played the Jets at the end of the season, it snowed, but it didn't accumulate. No, I guess um, that's true. By the way, my dad has corrected me. It was 1964 that the Bills beat uh, okay. the Patriots at Fenway Park. So, okay. um, yeah. But nevertheless, it, 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 I think the last time that there was snow accumulation on the field for a Pats game at home was 09 against the Titans. And then the 08 one against the Cardinals in there as well. And, you know, 03 and 04 were just filled with snow games. I think they had two or three in each yeah. of those seasons, yep. which is kind of it's crazy to look back on because we just haven't gotten. We certainly have not. We certainly yeah. have not. So, well, here's well, here, I'll give you a New York fact for a second, Pat. Um, New York is coming up on seven hundred, or Central Park specifically is coming up on seven hundred days without accumulated snow. What? That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, that's really yeah, crazy. We're almost at, uh, we're five weeks away from it being two years. It was like Valentine's Day two years ago when we had some snow. So, yeah. <laughs> there you go. How about that? Yeah. So it's, uh, wild. All right, well, guys, thank you for listening. As always, we appreciate you. Uh, it's been a long season. The off season is going to be fun. Just because the season's over doesn't mean we're taking a break. We're going to be here. We're going to be doing mock drafts. We're going to be doing uh, all sorts of draft talk uh, with you. It's going to be great. I'm very excited about it. Um, and so we're going to so- have guests on. We're going to be talking about you know who the Patriots should draft at three, what they should do. Of course, we're going to know the Bill Belichick situation. We're going to have an idea about – you know, if it's not Bill Belichick, who's their head coach? And, you know, then free agency will happen. And then we'll, you know, we'll get in a chance to see so on and yeah. so forth. So so it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Yep. Yeah, we'll be, uh, what, two times a week. We'll be doing this all off season. So lots yep. to talk about. I'm sure That's we're right. going to hit this from every single angle a couple different times. And excited to get into it. 
Yeah. Uh, biggest offseason in my lifetime for the Patriots. For sure. For sure. That is a huge, huge offseason for the Patriots this year. So chance to go from a bad team to at least a, a, a competitive team in the division. They're a bad team right now. Um, and, and so, you know, let's get to a competitive team in the division and see what happens. Yeah, and I'm sure we're also gonna we're gonna talk some NFL playoffs as we go along too, and have some fun as we watch what the other teams are doing. And yep, you know, hopefully get to laugh at some AFC East teams doing some dumb stuff in the playoffs. That's a, a tradition here. So. That'd be so much fun. So, yeah, but we'll see for it. Yeah. Anyways, well, thanks guys for listening. As always, we appreciate you guys, and we will uh, we'll be back with you on Wednesday night.